It is Thursday, the 18th day of March, 2021. Um, yeah, my uh, quest to be less of a fat sack of shit rolls on. Rolls, pun intended. And currently, I find myself battling with a variety of supplements uh, over the fortitude of my intestines. Uh, I'm shredding the red, but making a few more trips to the shit shed, boys. Uh, that's entirely uh, too much information, but it's my show, and I'll talk about my loose stool if I damn well please. Thank you very much. Uh, anyways, that's all you hear about that on episode 67. The Marvelous Marvin Hagler episode. Uh, Hagler passed away unexpectedly last week at the age of 66. He finished his amazing middleweight career on April the 6th, 1987. It was yours, 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 truly's, uh, what's that? Uh, ninth birthday. Yeah, remember that day very well. Uh, that was Hagler's 67th career fight. Uh, and ultimately his last. He got completely fucked sideways by by one of the judges in that fight. Uh, the fight that he lost to Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, I mean, literally, completely fucking boned. Leonard fought that fight the same way that Floyd Mayweather has fought every one of his fights. Stick, combo, run away, repeat. Basically, uh, stealing rounds on the scorecard by offering up a handful of flurries of, of punches throughout the fight while running away. I mean, honestly, it's effective on the scorecard. Shady as fuck. It's boxing. Get in there. Be a man. Uh, one of the judges, it was a close fight. It really shouldn't have been, but it was... Hagler had never fought someone who moved like Leonard did. That was the problem. So one of the judges had it 118, 110 to Leonard, which is just simply fucking gross. If anything, it was a draw. But alas, it wasn't. Hagler demanded a rematch, and in true pussy boxer style, Leonard refused, saying that he had retired before, which is true. He didn't fight for a couple years before this uh, match against Hagler. But um, the minute, well, actually, no, not the minute. I think it was a month after Hagler announced his own retirement. Uh, Leonard, you know, signed to fight uh, Donnie Lalonde, who was a fucking bum. At that point, Sugar Ray knew full well he wouldn't have to get in there again with Hagler. Probably get his fucking face knocked off. Uh, a travesty of justice. A stain on a great career for someone who, by all accounts, was a genuinely good dude. He was so pissed off after that fight that he literally fucking moved to Italy. And was a movie star. An action movie star in Italy. He was in a movie with Brian Dennehy. Of all people. Which, honestly, when I when I saw... like, I've never seen the movie, mainly because it was in Italian. There were two of them. There was a sequel to the first one. He's essentially a former Marine. Like, leading, <laughs> leading indigenous people in revolts. But, yeah. Uh, anyway... Uh, rest in power, champ. This is Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe?
Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Um, as is usually the case, I have a ton of garbage to discuss, but right off the top, I'd like to wish you uh, all a belated happy St. Patrick's Day. More importantly, a belated happy 316 day. 316 day, of course, the day we remember the legendary Stone Cold Steve Austin by flipping off the boss and slamming bush lights. Uh, we're absolutely going to talk about the Patriots, don't you worry. But before that, uh, I had a couple of moments of the last week that have left me flummoxed. And quite honestly, old. Uh, Jen and I were uh, picking up some uh, local Mexican restaurant takeout. And I, I wanted some cash to to tip the staff. So I've got the cash, and, and when the kid comes out uh, to the car with the bill, I handed him five folded-up $1 bills and said, quote, here's five bucks for you. Hold on to that. End quote. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I said. I instantly cringed, and Jen, to her credit, did the same and rightfully called me out for, for saying that. Hold on to that. Fuck, I, I typically pride myself uh, in the ability to slightly uh, hold on to my youth a little bit. But I mean, that was the exact kind of comment that I would hear from my great uncle when I was a kid. I had a great uncle who, every time I saw him, gave me a quarter. Every single time. And look, I was very appreciative every single time. And it must have been awkward for him because it, it became like every time uh, he saw us, we would run over fully expecting money from him. So... Um, but I mean, I, I'd, I'd have the same sort of response as that kid probably did, which was like, um, yeah, okay. Thanks for the five singles, old man. I felt like such an old crusty douchebag. Oh, it was so bad. The other, uh, senior moment I had is, is I thought... I was getting a zit on my forehead. My uh, my greasy Portuguese skin occasionally lets me down, and those things do come up every now and again. What can you do? It's part of life. But this one felt like a fucking monster, like right below my hairline. So I tr attributed that to uh, ample amounts of sweat while wearing a hat during my killer workouts. Well, turns out, uh, turns out it wasn't a zit. Because the next day, uh, I happened to, you know, look in the mirror like I'm wanting to do, and there's a small bruise uh, on my fucking forehead. The problem is, I have no earthly idea how that could have happened. None. Like, you'd think I, I would remember smashing my forehead somewhere uh, hard enough to cause a bruise, right? You would think. Nope. Not a goddamn clue. Very, very concerning, if we're being honest. <sighs> Dry mouth tonight, sorry. I wish it was for anything other than just having a dry mouth. It's probably medication related, but um, also somewhat concerning. This past week marked one year of the uh, coronavirus quarantine. I guess that's probably the best way you could put it. It was sometime around the 13th, 14th, 15th, something like that, where uh, my employer at the time shut it down sent everybody home 
I want to say it was a Thursday, so it might have been the 12th. I don't even know. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, so a little more than a year ago now, where the uh, the face of the world sort of changed a little bit, and this fucking thing that we've been dealing with for the last year plus is uh, still fucking hanging around for a variety of fucking stupid, selfish reasons. Being somewhat um, antisocial, partially anti-people, and occasionally introverted, um, the stay-at-home advisories, I really didn't have a big problem with it. Quite frankly, didn't really mind it. I mean, of course, there are some things throughout the, the course of the last year that I did mind, coronavirus-related, which uh, obviously a shit ton of people dying from it. That's one. Uh, a large percentage of the country letting the rest of us know that their ignorance knows no actual bounds. Uh, sports becoming a bit of a clusterfuck. Just the general shitty attitudes about it all from so many different different people. Like uh, parents complaining about having to be around their kids. Um, most of those parents who, you know, chose to procreate. People thinking that somehow having to wear a piece of cloth across their face is akin to the burning of the Bill of Rights. And to be completely honest, I've had way more of a problem with the way that people have reacted to this than the actual virus itself. Because I really think that's going to cause way more long-term problems than than the, uh, than the virus. In, unless, of course, you're dead, in which case, well, that's a bit of a problem. Because you did. I'm very lucky to have not had it. No one like, you know, in my immediate family has had it as far as, uh, as far as I know. So I'm very thankful and, and, uh, you know, blessed in that regard. But I just, I, I've never been able to understand the entirely flippant nature that far too many people in this country seem to have with minor inconvenience. It's a conversation for another show, really, but figured I would mark mark the 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 occasion, the, the anniversary, if you will, of you know a deadly virus by talking about you know nothing. But look, on an entirely selfish level, this past year has been a very interesting one. Uh, we weren't able to uh, to travel like we usually do. Our Vegas trip for last March had to be canceled. It was the first casualty. Our football trip had to be canceled. We did get to sneak out to Antigua, which was okay. Uh, I probably would have enjoyed it less if there were, uh, if it was a normal year. I'm sure you, uh, at least I hope you heard my uh, vacation recap episode where I just fucking complained about people the whole time. Less people at the resort made it far more enjoyable and honestly, and 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 far safer, really, and 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 far safer. Yeah, I did lose a job. Which I liked and which I'm not, you know, entirely over. It's becoming more like a girl breaking up with me than losing a job. Like I have such fond memories of our time together. And really thought it would last. But uh, she felt differently in spite of my uh, constant and numerous efforts. Especially at the end. Didn't seem, uh, no matter what I did, I couldn't change her mind. And of course, I wasn't the only one who lost their job because of this fucking bullshit. But I'm confident that no one else has used that particular analogy to describe it. So, uh, you know, eventually the alternative employment uh, was secure and I've worked from home the entire time with this current job. And uh, honestly, I have no problem with it. Uh, even though the office is literally 90 seconds from my house. But uh, I like working from home. I did it for a number of years before. So uh, I figured back around when I started the show, May or June of last year, I, I, I figured 18 months or so before we got things back to, quote, normal, end quote. And it looks like it might actually be a little bit less than that. Uh, uh, yesterday, Governor Baker announced that starting on the 22nd of April, 
everyone over the age of 16 would be eligible for a jab, which is, which is very nice. Also nice. The fact that the, the English call it a jab instead of a shot. And I can't get enough of that. I find that very amusing. I'm sure it'll be long after that before I actually get one, just because I have a feeling that once it's opened up to everyone, it's going to be a goddamn shit show to get a fucking appointment. But hey, you know, what can you do? There's a lot of fucking people. A lot of people want it. So, you know. Yeah. I don't really have a problem with the way that he handled it, mainly because there was no playbook for this. I mean, how the fuck are you supposed to know how to handle a giant global fucking catastrophe if there's, you know, one, no leadership above you telling you how to handle it, and two, something you've never done before? I'm moisturizing my hands. If you hear something weird, sorry. My hands are so fucking dry. Oh, it's awful. Oh, it's awful how dry my hands are. Uh, I also started this incredibly shitty podcast in the last year, so there you go. So it's been an interesting, interesting year with the coronavirus, to say the very least. My buddy Matt says that the the new intro song from Quiet Violent, uh, check them out on Spotify. They might be on Apple Music, I have no fucking clue. I would assume, I don't know, check them out, The Quiet Violent. It's tough to say when your mouth is dry, I don't know why. Uh, anyways, he said that it sounds like Default. If you're familiar at all with Default, eh, you know, I don't know. I can, I can kind of see it. But I don't really think that that's, here's the thing, I could be, I could be way off when I say that um, Bob and Don aren't looking for that uh, comparison. Maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe they're big default fans and it just, you know, subconsciously came through. Who knows? I don't know. I still love it. I still think it's fucking great. So thank you for the 8,000th time, Bob and Don. They are not a 70s reggae duo. Um, in other news, I am thrilled to announce that today uh, work started on the brand new Broadcast Palace. Uh, also known as the large shed in the backyard, which is being converted into some usable space. And as I mentioned, I'm very excited. We're not talking state-of-the-art studio or anything here, but rather a spot that isn't in the basement directly underneath the fucking toilet. Which is terrific. Eventually, uh, I hope, you know, it'll have a bar, some seating, TVs, a bunch of random shit thrown up on the walls like fucking shenanigans. It's not going to be a jerk-off cave like my dear friend Ted suggested a few weeks back. Fucking a Ted. Why are you gonna do that? I may just get a sign that says "jerk off cave" just because it's funny. <laughs> uh, the hope is that it'll be functional by Memorial Day, and at that point, I'll do everything I can to make sure nobody fucking goes in it. I'll be that guy. No, you gotta get the fuck out of here. I don't like having people in my house. I don't know why. I, I I just get so fucking like paranoid about it. It's an awful anxiety that I have, and I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's terrible. My wife will, will have other ideas, and because, you know, uh, my plan to fill in that fucking pool with concrete was met with a resounding no. So that's out. I don't want it to turn into a, you know, uh, a fucking messy like pool shed. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to avoid. I cleaned everything out of the shed on Saturday last last weekend. There wasn't nearly as much shit in there as I thought. Like most of the tools and, and whatnot were able to be stored in the bulkhead into the basement, which is honestly worked out nice. 
Uh, some of the actual pool shit is in the basement. And once that comes out, obviously there'll be a little bit more room, but you know, it, it's sort of forcing me to do, to think a little bit more about the space that we have in the basement and cleaning it, and consolidating it, and throwing away all of Jen's Christmas shit, which is half the basement. I'm, I'm being somewhat facetious. Somewhat. But should be a fun spot. At least that's the hope. I mean, the design that I had in mind is not really going to fly uh, with the contractor, but uh, they're moving pretty quick. They basically worked a seven to three today, as far as I can tell, seven to three on Wednesday, I should say. And, uh, but we'll see. They're back at it this morning. Um, hopefully you can't hear that in the background. I can, yeah, I, mean, I can hear the saw a little bit and some banging, but hopefully it's not coming through on the, Microphone, I doubt it. I'm trying to crank this out early morning, you know. This is, uh, yeah, this is touch, touch and go. Feeling a little, you know, a little dry. I, I mentioned the dry mouth earlier, and yeah, you know, had a few too many Irish pops last night, you know what I mean? Anyway, look, back to the toy aisle. Uh, two Red Sox related items. Uh, first, LeBron James and Maverick Carter. Newest partners in the Fenway Sports Group, the conglomerate that owns the Red Sox, Liverpool, some NASCAR nonsense, and that albatross that's fucking Nesson. Um, on the court, I am not a LeBron guy. He's, you know, second best player of all time. Third, fourth, top five. But, I mean, off the court, it's I'm very envious of what he's done. He's built a very successful brand. He's opened a school in his hometown. The team around him are all his lifelong friends. Like, who the fuck? Who wouldn't want that for themselves? That's crazy. Never been in trouble. Seems like a decent guy. He just loves LeBron James a lot. I don't see this as a bad thing for uh, Fenway Sports Group and... Well, I have my numerous problems with John Henry and the way he does things. This is a another very shrewd business move for him. Getting involved with LeBron can only improve upon uh, this company that's worth over $7 billion. That's a billions with a B. Gross. To think that a fucking... That sports franchises have, have grown in value like that is just... I find it so fucking strange. I really do. At the same time, this is the fucking company that uh, charges people way too much fucking money to sit in a ballpark that's 109 years old and is an outright shithole. You cannot fucking convince me that Fenway Park is not a fucking dump. I don't care what anybody says. I, I'll never be convinced. You know what it is? It's a museum. It's history now. Build something new, but old fucking John doesn't want to spend any of his own money to do it. This is a, a great segue to say that I still haven't heard back from the uh, the guest I was hoping to have on the program, because that's his forte. He's talking about stadium financing, which is a subject I find very interesting. But, you know, at some point he's going to try to hold him hostage if he doesn't sell. And whoever buys the team isn't going to want to fucking stay there. But, you know, fucking move to Connecticut for all I care. I don't give a fuck. Uh, anyways, LeBron, good for him. <clears throat> Second, Mookie Betts did a long-form interview with GQ. I like Mookie. There's no reason that he's not here. I've, I've said this a thousand times on this show. The only reason he's not is because John Henry and his team are being cheap fucks. Uh, Mookie said in his interview that he wanted to be in Boston for life. On the flip side, rightly said that he was going to take, he wasn't going to take a discount to stay, and nor should he. That's the way the collective bargaining, bargaining agreement works, and he took full advantage of it, rightly. When you're put in that position, when, when you're a player, and you're in that position, you fucking cash the fuck out. You do everything you can to get every dime you can from these fucking bums. Like this is the this is the point where you'd have people chiming in um, 
with fucking yeah, all the owners, man. Quit carrying water for the multi-billionaires. It's just it's it's a terrible look. It's not necessary. It's a stupid fucking argument. But look, I mean, the interview, uh, the, the article, I should say, throws water on the whole argument made by far too many fucking people uh, that he didn't want to be here, which is why he left. He did want to be here. He just wanted to get paid, which is his right, and which uh, any of us in his position would do the exact same thing. The exact same thing. So L.A. stepped up, saw that, hey, this guy's really fucking good. We're going to pay him. You're going to get seven good years out of them. You're going to keep paying them, but that's the whole, that's baseball for you. You overpay for everyone. Hey, the Red Sox got Alex Verdugo, something called Jeter Downs, and a bucket of balls out of it. Still a fucking shame to me. It really is. All right, now, let's talk about the Patriots. Um, I did a one of my uh, new bits, not an episode. When when Cam Newton came back, that was what last Friday, I think. It was last Friday, something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Shut the fuck up. Uh, free agency, quote unquote, starts. And Belichick goes fucking buck wild. Buck wild. John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Henry Anderson, Matt Judon, who Matt Judon, I think, is going to be the sneaky star of this whole thing. Uh, Jalen Mills, Devin Godshock. I don't even know if that's how it's pronounced. Uh, they brought back Ted Karras. Uh, shout out to Matt again. Two shout outs on one show, Matt. Fuck off. Uh, he called Ted Karras a couple days ago, so nicely done. They brought back Dietrich Wise. Um, a couple guys left. Matt Tooney got uh, Matt Tooney. No, Joe Tooney got paid big time. Good for him. Went to Kansas City. Uh, I think John Simon just signed with uh, the Dolphins yesterday. Uh, I don't think anything happened overnight. I'm sure I'm missing something, but more or less, they spent, you know, about 150 million in guaranteed money over the course of three to four years. And as of right now, none of us know how this will play out. So you can't make a guarantee. It's all a crapshoot. You don't know how it's going to play out. But if we're looking at it on the surface, one would have to be optimistic, right? Absolutely. Of course. Bill's out here filling gaps. Still has about $25 million or so in cap space to work with. And all of these deals are structured to take advantage of the, uh, the upcoming bump in the cap over the next three years when, one, it sort of regulates itself anyway after going down so much uh, from the off year, off revenue year, I should say, and then the new TV deals that are coming up. So it leaves them in a somewhat advantageous position to make moves in the draft as well, which I had a conversation with my brother yesterday. And one of the things that I said is, you know, this is so out of the norm for Belichick that it wouldn't surprise me if he decides now is the time to move up to grab a quarterback. It's just so anti-Belichick and it would make people's fucking heads explode. Which is why I'm I'm starting to think I was dead against it, but I'm starting to think that this might be the year where he actually does something like this. The difference now is that he's he's never had this kind of money, number one. He's never been in this, this kind of market, number two, where he's the only one with money. Um, so number three could be he moves up. He's at 15, plenty of draft capital, plenty of money to spend handful of players that he could move. I'm still on the Kyle Trask bandwagon. 
with the way that he's building this team, a guy like Justin Fields might make more sense. He's a mobile quarterback. He's accurate, huge arm. Some of the drawbacks are between the ears stuff that can probably be fixed. I'm going to talk myself into Justin Fields as much as I don't want to, mainly because I am such an anti-Ohio State guy. I cannot stand Ohio State. I don't know why. I don't know why I give a fuck. But but I do. I can't stand it. It just gives me the fucking heebie-jeebies for some reason. Um, what do you mean? Look. He's he's sort of falling in like behind Trey Lance right now, and he's behind Lawrence and behind uh, who's the fucking crazy Mormon kid? What's his name? Wilson? Zach Wilson. So I mean, he's more or less the fourth quarterback, unless some other team gets fucking froggy and tries to bounce over. Uh, I don't know, twelve maybe. <clears throat> Might be a good move for him. Apparently, uh, Fields and Cam Newton are already friends. Maybe that was part of the reason Cam stuck around. Maybe he was kind of given the the nod, hey, we're going to try to get this kid. Uh, I still want to see Cam lead the team and, and play well, but if he's doing that and mentoring Justin Fields, even better. I'm all for it. I just hate judging a player's future based on, especially at the quarterback position, basing it on college performance because you really can't get a ton out of 75 to 80% of the games that these, these big time schools play. Because if you're, especially if you're not in the SEC, like the big 10 is, it's it's just it's I don't know how to describe it. It's a fucking rugby scrum. A bunch of dudes in the middle mucking it up, moving slowly. That's what the Big Ten is. The SEC tends to be a little bit more polished, whereas the Big Ten is more corn fed fat people. So when I see highlights of Justin Fields playing, I don't fucking know, Iowa, Penn State, Illinois, shit like that. Like, how do you how do you judge that? Oh, yeah, he threw for 500 yards and five touchdowns against fucking Indiana. Ooh. I don't know. I'm not a football scout. Don't pretend to be, so I don't fucking know. But I'm very curious to see... Uh, how that plays out with the draft. Cause I think this could be the year that he fucking, that Belichick shocks more people and does something fucking weird. All right. It is now time for my uh, favorite new segment on the show. Watch a trailer and review. Uh, the fun part about this is I get, uh, reviews from uh, associate producer Dave. He watches a lot of movies and TV, so uh, he's happy to share his reviews. And then what I do is watch a, a trailer of whatever it is that he's watching and then offer my opinion. So <clears throat> uh, he should really call the show with these. I think it would be better if, he, if I could provide the voice behind associate producer Dave, 617. 65 rip him or for Dave because this was a specific gripe that he had 617 657 4736 617 657 4736 that is the voicemail line if you have a movie review feel free to share if you have a TV review if you want to just tell me I fucking suck if you want to offer hot takes something if you want to do something Give me a call. Love to hear from you. All right. First up, <clears throat> this from Dave. Quote, Tom and Jerry, new one on HBO Max. Describe this movie as meh and cute. Entertaining and decent for what it is. Tom and Jerry, it's for fucking kids. But it was okay. 
the lead actress in it was great to look at. Big fan. Had to look her up, and she's 24, thank God. 9 out of 10 girl, 5 out of 10 movie, end quote. So, all right, there's a bit to unwrap from the trailer, but I'll start by saying that I am a long-time Tom and Jerry fan. However, these kinds of movies usually do nothing for me. The animated characters inside an actual, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, human film? I don't know. Uh, at any rate, the, the cast in this is, it's there's a lot of legitimate actors here, which was also very surprising. Uh, Colin Jost Hansen, Ken Jeong, and the spectacular Rob Delaney. If you're not familiar with Rob Delaney, you should be. The guy's fucking hilarious, dry as hell. If you haven't seen the show uh, Catastrophe, the BBC program, I think it's pretty good. Granted, I saw five episodes, but they were funny. So, And I'm a bit surprised that this movie was even made, given that uh, the outright gratuitous violence throughout the film. You would think in 2021 this would somehow be frowned upon uh, by the overly whiny libs. There's the usual stick, uh, shtick where uh, with Jerry outwitting Tom and the hotel staff. Basically, apparently, Tom and Jerry decide they're going to go to New York. Uh, Jerry ends up living in a hotel. Like the the scene of him in his fucking mouse home is pretty funny. Where he's, he's got a big screen TV and a hot tub, and I, I got a kick out of that. It was pretty funny. Um. <clears throat> But you know, throughout the the trailer, you kind of see all the all the the classic Tom and Jerry violence, and I I could see Dave's point about it being meh, cute. You know, uh, I did laugh out loud when Jerry pulled the classic prank of moving his door, and Tom slammed his head against the wall. Ooh. Excuse me. If I was forced to watch this, I certainly would. And I think I give the trailer a slightly higher 6 out of 10. Uh, as for Dave's dream girl, that's Chloe Grace Moritz. I think that's how her last name is pronounced. The only thing that I've ever seen her in was Kick-Ass. Uh, and she played Hit Girl. That was the only thing I... And she was a kid then. I think she was like 12 or 13. Kick-Ass was a good movie. I enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, Tom and Jerry, the trailer, 6 out of 10. Dave gives it a 5 out of 10. Uh, Next up, uh, TV review. Quote, The Real World Homecoming. This is a reunion miniseries with the first ever cast of The Real World. Very fascinating. These were literally the first people ever to do reality TV. I think I was too young to remember this cast, but huge Real World fan in general, and it still sticks. Some of the topics are even more front and center today than they were 30 years ago, race, etc. Only been one episode so far, but it got me wanting more. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Ringing endorsement from from associate producer Dave. I had actually seen this trailer originally a couple weeks back. And uh, I'm with Dave. Huge real world fan. Right up until probably like Key West season it all went it went downhill after that uh might have checked in here and there but key west i think was the last one that i watched uh closely the homecoming itself is an interesting concept and it wouldn't surprise me if uh mtv and paramount would do something like this for other seasons because there's certainly a ton of drama old heads like dave would watch it so Makes sense. Uh, I'm not surprised at all when he said that topics haven't changed in 30 years and that they're still relevant because things haven't really changed in 30 years aside from technology. Because old wounds die hard and dumb people are still dumb. The trailer itself was uh, a mix of flashbacks and clips from the show. Um, and it, again, it's it all seems very interesting. It's funny to see these people now in their fifties, um, you know, late fifties in some cases. Very interesting. I also found out that Eric Nice um, didn't actually live in the house. He lived off site for some weird reason. Apparently Eric Nice 
uh, has a bit of an ego on him. Pardon me. <clears throat> I'll side with Dave in this. I'll give I'd give the trailer eight out of ten. More TV from Dave. Quote, friends. Yes, believe it or not, I had never seen a single episode, so I just binged the entire show. Yikes. Maybe it would have hit better back in the day, but it was very average. Probably hurt that How I Met Your Mother stole so much from the show, and I actually enjoyed that a bit better. Giving friends a 5 out of 10, end quote. You, wow. I was, I was honestly surprised at two things there. Um, first, he enjoyed How I Met Your Mother. Th- Dave, you watch way too much fucking TV. Oh, my God. Read a book, for fuck's sake. Um, the other thing is, how the fuck does a white guy in his 30s go his whole life without seeing an episode of Friends? That just seems fucking crazy. And Dave is a big Seinfeld guy. So if he watched it when it was originally on, you would think some friends would accidentally bleed through, but I guess not. Dave's not wrong, though. Friends is indeed a mediocre show. The thing that I think worked with Friends is that it came out at the exact right time with the exact right cast, and that's why it hit when it came out. The writing isn't spectacular. The story isn't either. In fact, some of the story is fucking bullshit. Like, take the girls, for example. Rachel's a waitress. Monica is a chef. Yet, somehow they can afford a massive two-bedroom with a balcony in New York City. Fuck out of here. You can't. Joey and Chandler's place is at least a bit more accurate. Uh, I've always maintained that there was some legitimately funny moments about the show. When, when you kind of, you know, sifted through it and put aside some of the, some of the shit that you can't sort of get past. I mean, I don't, I, I don't watch a ton of, uh, or any, uh, network comedies these days. So I don't know if the level of fucking is the same as it was during the nineties, early two thousands, but all these people do is fuck. It's unreal. You look back on it now and you're like, Jesus Christ, how many how many people did they fuck over the course of the however many seasons of that show? A ton. A ton. There was the whole show revolved around fucking. Like, don't tell me otherwise. That was the entirety, the entire basis of the show. It was just young people fucking in New York City. That's what they could have called it. This week on NBC, young people fucking in New York City, starring One of the funny things that has stuck with me is that they were all playing some kind of like friend trivia game and Chandler asked the girls a question. What, what does the uh, address label on his TV guide say? That's right. TV guide was the mid nineties. And the answer is Chenandler bong. I, I find that incredibly funny. Don't know why. I just found it funny. Uh, I actually tried to find a trailer. But there isn't one available. Just a bunch of people who made their own. Like, what? Shit, that's fucking sad. Uh, I'll I'll side with Dave on the score of 5 out of 10. And then, thankfully... (sighs) Oh, God, too much talking. It's too early to be talking so much. Oh, man. Uh, Bonus review... Quote, boss level. A new movie on Hulu. It just popped up on my screen and sounded like a Groundhog Day with a twist. I'm a sucker for Groundhog Day type movies. I turned it off after four and a half minutes. Holy shit, hot garbage, end quote. Like, how many... How many Groundhog Day type movies are there, Dave? And there's Groundhog Day. Uh... Do you want to throw Memento in there? Is that similar? Probably. But I have to say, I'm kind of surprised that Dave only gave this four and a half minutes. The trailer looked somewhat interesting, and he was right about the Groundhog Day thing. Apparently, it's this, the lead character is uh, 
getting killed constantly and then waking up in the same day. So there's your Groundhog Day connection. There's a, there's a line in the trailer that is like, laugh out loud, stupid funny. Quote, I'm stuck in a death loop because of you. End quote. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the the guy who's the the lead and i can see if this is all dave saw was the lead actor because whoever that dude is he is not a good actor like even just doing the voiceover work it sounded stiff as a fucking board but that line i'm stuck in a death loop because of you who is that you that he's talking to well it's mel gibson of all people Mel Gibson making straight-to-fucking-video movies. That was something I was talking about a couple weeks ago, straight-to-video. It doesn't exist anymore, so now it's straight-to-Hulu or straight-to-Netflix, but those are actually occasionally good things. Straight-to-video back in the day was a fucking death knell. Bad news. Um, Mel Gibson, yeah, sure, he's a fucking douchebag, but he's still getting work. Go figure. You know who else is in this movie? Ken Jeong. Is there anything that this guy's not in? Tons of movies, tons of fucking TV. He does he, he's a judge on all like the fucking singing and dance shows on on Fox? It's like holy shit, dude, take a fucking vacation, man! Wow. So this it really does look cheesy as fuck, and occasionally there's a chance, you know, for an enjoyable campy action film but it's very slight this trailer gets a two and a half out of ten it really does look terrible i'm surprised that dave only gave it four and a half minutes Okay, as it is Thursday, it is time for three gripes. Excited? Meh, we'll see. Uh, Gripe number one. People who are, quote, famous, end quote, on Twitter for being complete shitbags. There are way too many to keep track of, but the one that has spawned this one is uh, former big league outfielder Aubrey Huff. He's, uh, this guy just, he just fucking sucks. There's no way around it, but this guy's been tweeting all kinds of shit for a couple of years now, and uh, I don't even really care about his overt and unabashed love for Donald Trump, but rather the sheer ignorance that he feels to share, uh, that he he feels the need to share uh, with the world. The most recent bullshit is he said that Hank Aaron and Marvin Hagler died because of the COVID vaccine. <clears throat> Big time anti-vax guy. Loves to uh, cherry pick through a variety of Facebook sources that talk about how awful vaccinations are. It's like, dude, come on, man. Who am I going to fucking believe more, right? Uh, science or a guy who uh, had <coughs> decent eye-hand coordination? Really, that's that, that's the thing I don't understand about these anti-science people is if who am I supposed to fucking believe? <clears throat> but to throw that out into the world with zero backing or evidence is just fucking stupid. Decent ball player, shit human. What can you do? <coughs> Fuck. Ultimately, though, he's just one of dozens of dozens of of these people um they lean both ways it's not exclusive to the right or exclusive to the left um the you know the ones that lean right lean so far off to the fucking right that they fall off the face of the earth same with the people on the left they lean so far left that they fall off the face of the fucking planet um i there's a lot like uh, Candace Owens, Charlie Kirk, Ben Shapiro. Those are your, those are your right wing heroes on Twitter. 
um, Sean King, Eugene Gu, uh, the Krasensteins on the left. Just fucking annoying. The only thing, there's an, who's the other dude named Jeff? Oh, Jeff Tedway or something? I can't remember the guy's fucking name, but anytime Donald Trump would fucking tweet, the first six replies were from the same fucking people every single time. It's like, all right, dude, take a break. Get off the fucking tweet machine for a second, all right? Your life will be 10,000 times better without it. But these people, taking these people seriously is fucking stupid. These people, nine times out of ten, are fucking stupid. Social media as a whole is fucking stupid. I've said it a thousand times. It's a massive cesspool. In fact, me complaining about them is fucking stupid because I'm giving them, you know, that tiny bit of clout that they so desperately crave. It makes me wonder if, you know, every day they wake up and they're like, all right, how am I going to fucking get people to talk about me today? Hmm. I know. I'll say something fucking stupid. Bingo. Gripe number two. Uh, My wife somehow thinking she's better than I am at Jeopardy. David, it is your saintly wife um, calling in to talk about the sheer amount of glee that you had uh, from getting the final Jeopardy answer. Um, I just want to point out that I also recently got a final Jeopardy answer. And the, uh, the answer, well, or the question, is it the answer or the question? I don't know. Anyway, it was which president has Queen Elizabeth, the only president that she has not met in person? And the answer was Lyndon Johnson. Most people guessed Kennedy because he was assassinated. They would be wrong and clearly don't watch the crown. So there you have it, dear. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye now. I regret calling her saintly that one time because she brings it up far too often. She only got that right because she watched a lousy television show. And yeah, I guessed Kennedy because it was a quality guess. Like she said, because he was assassinated. So he kind of... My research post-question was that uh, I'm pretty sure they met prior to him becoming president, so it was a technicality. She's leaving out, you know, uh, how I run roughshod occasionally through Jeopardy. Both the Jeopardy round and the double Jeopardy round. She'll leave that out. But because she got that one question that one time, it's like, congratulations, you know? Wow. So... Nobody cares about LBJ anyway, and nobody cares about the crown. Fictional, fictional royal family television. The real royal family is far more dramatic than the fake bullshit. Gripe number three. Uh, These, I don't know how to put it, but... Um, just shitty, more shitty people. Um, as I'm sure you've seen by now, the, uh, the rise in, uh, Asian hate crimes has gone through the roof. Culminating in, uh, a, uh, a mass killing in Atlanta the other day by some uh, poor, confused, uh, stringy beard fuckwad who's claiming a sex addiction at 21. Well, yeah. 21-year-old dudes who aren't addicted to sex are more weird than those that are. So he justifies this by, you know, killing... A bunch of uh, Asians at massage parlors. It's terrific, dude. And of course, it's all sort of, um, you know, there's a very long 
history of that just because uh, there's a huge amount of, again, shitty people, ignorance, etc. But <clears throat> you know, and and we're gonna find out a whole bunch of shit about uh, you know what what this dude actually is and what he's done and his his beliefs. I'm sure, and my guess is that it'll come up that he hated the coronavirus and uh, is uh, blaming Asian Americans somehow because their descendants are may or may not be Chinese. And in most cases they probably aren't, but these fucking see, you know, they just see somebody, uh, with, with almond shaped eyes and automatically assume that they're Chinese. I just can't, it's one of these things, another one of the things that I can't seem to figure out, uh, which is why you irrational hate, like why you hate somebody for things that they can't control. I, I don't understand it. I'll never understand it, quite frankly. And I don't really think anybody ever will. Like, I really, I, I really wish I had more, like, insightful or, or thought-provoking uh, opinions on the matter. But I, I don't because it, I don't get it. Because I can't, I can't figure out uh, how someone gets to a point where they just simply hate another human being for, again, for something that they have no control over. You, you can't help the way that you're born. You can't. It's impossible. There's a lot of things you can't control. That's one of them that you can't. That doesn't make any sense to you. Of course not. Stupid. Yeah. But it's just so frustrating because it's 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 a constant fucking cycle. Social media makes it ten times worse. You know, because you're going to hear fucking uh, a lot of people coming out and saying things that they shouldn't be saying or, or saying things trying to put this the right way saying things just to take advantage of the situation but again that's that's the world we live in that's social media that's that's how it is so it's gonna take you would and it's funny because when I was talking about uh, the real world uh, review earlier, and Dave had mentioned how, you know, topics from 30 years ago are still front and center today. And my comment was because, well, nothing with the exception of the technology has changed. It's the same fucking thing. It's just it's way more out front and prevalent now than it was 30 years ago. But it's a fucking shame. It really is a shame that we can't just... uh you know, live and accept people's differences. I just, it doesn't, it doesn't register with me having those thoughts. It just doesn't, doesn't click. I don't get it. And like I said, I never will. And, and I don't think it'll ever change. I think we're always going to have to deal with this shit. It's a shame. Anyways, that's all for the show. Uh, thank you as always for listening. It is, it is very much appreciative. I know I say this at the end of every show, but, uh, the fact that, that for some weird fucking reason, a handful of you actually listen and give a shit, it really does mean a lot. So I do appreciate it. Um, you should visit me on the Instagram page at complaints pod at the Twitter page at complaints pod had a couple of gold medal tweets this week. So check it out try to try to keep it loose you know lease loose lease loose loose like my stool tmi dave um i have a facebook page but fuck facebook i have a youtube page i haven't done anything with because i'm a lazy fuck 
the website, complaintsandobservations.com, that I have to re-up next month. That's going to cost a lot of money. I don't have it. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I like it. It's a, it's a nice avenue, you know. should do something more with it, but what can you do? Well, you cannot be lazy, Dave. Start there. Um, feel free to send me an email. Show mail at complaintsandobservations.com. Check out The Quiet Violent on Spotify and on Instagram at The Quiet Violent. Uh, send them a message. Let them know that you've uh, heard the song and that you don't think it sounds like Default. Please. Thank you. Uh, call the show. 617-65-RIP-EM. 617-657-4736. Be on the show. If you want to be on the show, let me know. If you know anybody that wants to be on the show, let me know. Um, my hunt for guests is just dead in the fucking water, apparently. So that's it. Again, thank you so much. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.